and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and along with me today, I have... Oh, Father James. <laughs> Next tip is... And I am Ron Huntley. Ron Huntley. Morning, Father. You caught me by surprise, Dad. <laughs> so look, today we're having a conversation that I think is one of the ones I've been most looking forward to. It, it reflects, I think, a lot of work and a lot of uh, energy that we've put into something. And it all started with a book. Your book, right, Father? And what did your book lead to? Explain some of the context of, of what happened because of this book. Well, it's really insane. I mean, I figured there was a, the, we were trying to answer some relevant questions out there, but had no idea in the kind of upswing that would happen. And uh, what we've experienced in the last year is really being inundated by a lot of calls and requests and inquiries from churches, mostly throughout North America. Uh, and I mean, it's just a small number. At first, it was like, wow, this is really cool. This is amazing. You know, these, you know, like we, we've we've only got things kind of half figured out here, but we'll, we're willing to share our mistakes and all of our all of the ways that we stumble and struggle. But uh, the volume has increased and, and that volume has come to a certain point that that all of a sudden our desire to help other churches, it, it was now a problem because, see, we all have full time jobs. Yeah. And we've got the responsibility of keeping the momentum and the kind of the transformation we've been experiencing here at St. Benedict Parish from moving from maintenance to mission. Uh, you know, we're, we're not done yet. we still got a lot of work to do and we can't. The, the, the challenge for us right now is how do we keep that going and help other churches in a way that, that doesn't take us down? And so we've been thinking about that and saying, what's the best way to respond to this? You know, some, some weeks when you add it up, the time that uh, between all, all of our staff uh, handling uh, incoming requests and inquiries. It can range anywhere between... And these are inquiries and requests specifically related to the things you wrote in your book. Yes. I mean, like, this is other parishes, other pastors, other leaders. 100%. And, and it's requests to speak and conferences. Like, like handling all the incoming stuff has been the equivalent of between about one and two full-time jobs. And we don't, like, you know, any pastors listening, you know, like, well, you you, you got to pay salaries. Like, how do we? <laughs> no one told me about this. This was unexpected. So we're saying, how do we do this? How do we create a model to respond uh, uh, to these needs in a sustainable way? And we've been talking to a lot of folks, uh, getting a lot of um, advice on this, and and and, th and throwing it around. And uh, we think uh, we think we've got something, and we're calling it the Divine Renovation Network. The Divine Renovation Network. That is an exciting name. <laughs> All right, so you got to let's bring up the idea. What is this Divine Renovation Network? What are we, what are we trying to create? Well, really, it's an opportunity to partner with people for success. Uh, it's going to be a limited amount of people that we can work with, and we are going to heavily invest in a pastor and their leadership team, and we're going to do it with the end in mind. And so there has to be a commitment to excellence to getting results and we're going to pour ourselves into a finite number of churches so that over a period of three to five years people can start to understand the principles and see the cultural transformation that's possible so that they can then in turn be a blessing to others. Excellent. So the nature of the problem that we're trying to help other parishes work through, why don't we frame it up a little bit for people? I think you do it a bit in your book, Father, but just for people who are listening today, what if what are we trying to solve for those parishes? Well, you know, oftentimes the debate, you know, as we as we see the obvious decline in the church and, and, and pastors are struggling, leadership teams are, are, are struggling, Often the conversation is around the question of content. Um, do we have the right content in our programs? And then maybe someone who thinks a little bigger might actually question 
the kind of programs we're using. But if the conversation is simply at the level of content and programs, we're never going to get to the real issue. It's not about content. I used to think that, but it's not. It's not about programs. It, it, it's about uh, the need for total cultural transformation of what we consider normative in the church. That's that's the main premise of, of, of the book. So it's bigger than just introducing a few little changes. And it means it means uh, leading change. And the, the challenge is, is that for myself and most of my brother priests and anyone who, any any lay ministers in the church who studied theology, we, we had no training in leadership whatsoever. Um, and so... No training in leadership. Often in the church we have a lot of... Um, we seek to be inspired about the need for change and their, their homilies and reflections and very inspiring talks. But at the end of the day, when people go home, they, they don't have the skills because they've never been taught how. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, it's interesting because declining churches is, is one thing, Dan, but also declining health. There are so many uh, leaders that are, are burnt out. They're discouraged. They've lost hope. They just figure, I just got to put in my time. And it breaks my heart, and I see it, and I hear it. You know, when we talk about some of the things that we do here, sometimes I hear people respond back saying, you know, we don't have the money, or we don't have enough volunteers. Um, and I think to myself, that's exactly why. We need to help people do this because there is enough money. There are enough volunteers. Yeah. If we can create a vision and a process and a system that engages people's imagination, captures their... Ma- people will give time. People will give money if what they're giving to excites them and ignites them. And we believe that when people encounter Christ, when churches are oriented towards creating opportunities to encounter the risen Christ, people come alive and we've seen it and that's what we want to share and, and we believe this network will and help but us when there's that. a compelling vision people people respond to it and you know cuz we never used to have the money we never used to have right? the volunteers i mean True. it's i mean we we're, we're 5 <laughs> years later and a lot has changed we're we're not the same parish as we were the other thing for me is, you know is over the last couple of years i've really been narrowing my focus in responding to requests to go and speak and the question is always what's the most efficient use of my time because when i'm away from here it's difficult. It's difficult on the staff. Uh, it's difficult on, on me. So uh, a couple of years ago, I, I made the decision that my, the primary thing I would do would be to speak with priests. But even in the last uh, couple of years when I've been doing this, I, I've realized a few things that, especially if you if speaking to priests, I'm going to a diocesan conference, so the bishop says, okay, all you priests, come and hear this guy talk. And uh, <laughs> generally, you've got, you've got priests who are there with bells on. They're, you know, they're sitting up front. They're taking notes. They're very, very eager. You get the guys who are open, uh, but maybe not completely sold. They're kind of on, on the fence. And you know, I hate to say, but sometimes, you know, priests are, are, are very, very human. And, and sometimes you get guys who are, as Ron says, you know, they're, they're tired. They're, they're kind of burned out. They're exhausted. And even sometimes a little bit cynical. And so it's not always the, you know, to speak to this big group is not always uh, Sounds the Sounds like the average mass. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, Some people are dragged I mean, there, other people want in, to. In one there. sense, I really believe that the better model is to, is to have regional uh, conferences that go beyond one diocese and gather the people who really want it because that's one of the first things is are you hungry for it do you really really want it and you will and what are you willing to do about it the other thing though is you know i think of uh, a diocese that i spoke at just a, just a few months ago and the guys were incredible uh, wonderful uh, really open really excited uh, i was really blown away by it but i guarantee you that that 99 of those guys went back to their parishes very inspired and within three hours were absolutely inundated and drowned by the details and demands of the urgency of ministry in a parish mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that that almost nothing has changed 
Because that's a question we have to ask. You can invest in this training and that training and doing this and that, but in the end, what difference has it made in your parish? And I guarantee you, it hasn't really made any difference. Um, and that makes me say, well, what's the worth of my time there? Because here's, here's a very important principle that uh, there was a study done a number of years ago, I think in 1996, uh, by a, a learning institute. And they said that, that learning is, is the 10-20-70 rule. They said, what you get by reading books and going to conferences and hearing speakers is only 10% of the learning, 10%. And then 20% of learning is on-job training, like direct one-on-one mentoring on the spot. 20%. 70% of learning is going back to your place, and it's the school of hard knocks. It's actually doing it, but doing it in a way that you have uh, ongoing coaching and, and you're reflecting on your experience over time. That's 70%. That 70% is what we hope to cover in the Divine Renovation Network. You got a book, you can read the book, that's your 10%. And, and we want to hit that other 70% in this process. Wow. All right. So people are listening and we haven't really even described what the what the divine renovation network is and how it works so why don't we get into how the process by which we think we can give them the right tools to 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 go about uh, solving some of the challenges that we're articulating well i have to say that you know the 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 fruit that we're experiencing here at St. Benedict Parish and again i want to echo we're, it's not that we've got all the answers it's not that we're doing everything the the, the best possible way we've got made our share of mistakes but you know, there is something happening, and we do have a conviction that the core values that we're living out of are transferable. See, uh, people make the, the mistake, they look and say, well, you're a big, sub- you know, you're a, a suburban parish or whatever, you have these resources. But the point is that healthy churches grow and bear fruit. And I believe that every church can become healthy. Amen. It's a healthy church will grow and bear fruit. And it's living particular values that bear fruit. And it may not look exactly the same as what we're doing, but if you live these values in your context, it will bear this fruit. That's our central conviction. So it is transferable. So we believe that other parishes can move in this kind of direction. And so we want to, through the Divine Renovation Network, uh, create a network of parishes that they get to know each other and, and journey on this process together. We want to do coaching for pastors and staff. Uh, we want to provide uh, content. JP2 Media has been creating content for evangelization and discipleship uh, for, for several years, and we've got some content that, that can be really uh, well used within a parish. We've got the podcasts, monthly webinars, and, and conferences. But I want to say this, that you know, I brought my particular gifts to this parish, but I'm working out of a team. It's not me. It's not, you know, I, I, would, I would have accomplished very, very little uh, if it wasn't for the amazing team of people that I work with. And I want to especially, you know, people who listen to the podcast are familiar with, with Ron's voice, but Ron has been a partner in this, and uh, and he's going to be a key part of the Divine Red Invasion Network because he's a very gifted coach. I, I'm a terrible coach. <laughs> I'm really, really bad. I'm good, I can, I'm good at inspiring people. I get the theology. Um, but but Ron is a, is a very gifted coach, and he's going to be a real key part of that as well. So, Ron, <clears throat> if, if one of the things that... Uh... Uh, that pastors and priests can expect by joining this this Divine Renovation Network. Mm. If one of the things that they can expect is coaching, why don't you explain a little bit what that might look like and how it might feel? Sure. You know, it's interesting. We had an opportunity to uh, participate in the Bill Hybels uh, Leadership Summit, Global Leadership Summit, with a great big group of parishioners this year. And one of the things that he said is, uh, it was actually quite dis- it was quite uncomfortable to hear. He said, all- most people have 3.4 blind spots. And he said, there's a difference between a blind spot and a weakness, because you're aware of your weaknesses. Blind spots, you're oblivious to. 
but our blind spots often limit the impact we can have in leading. And I think a good coach is able to help you see the things you can't see in yourself and help eliminate those areas of your leadership style that stifle creativity, innovation, uh, and people really going for it. And so one of the things that I see coaching and, and my role with people is to help them understand what are you doing? How do you do it? And in the context of your leadership team, I can very quickly see what's not working and help teams work through those things, facilitate difficult conversations, and help leaders make difficult choices that will help streamline where they're going and how they get there. And oftentimes, it's hard to do that when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Because maybe you're leading a team you've, you've been involved with for a number of years. Maybe some of the people that you inherited when you became the pastor of that church have been there for a long time, and, and it's not easy. You know, I, it's what Ron is saying is so true. I've experienced it because uh, he's challenged me. You know, Ron is someone who he's got this incredible ability to to, to focus and and stay on track and and see things with a clarity that that, that es- escapes me often. And so. Uh, I just thank God that I've been so blessed to be to be teamed up with him and the other m- members of our team. And I'm thinking of myself years ago. If I had an opportunity like this, I would have I would have jumped at it. Because when you break this open, what is it going to be in a year? You know, Ron talked about a three to five year process. That would be kind of a dream. But obviously, uh, starting out, we're going to say to people, you know, give us a year and then evaluate to see mm-hmm. to, to see what what would happen. But in one year, uh, say say a parish that signs up for this, and we I think we can only take. 16. 16 parishes. So um, it's 15 one-on-one coaching sessions with the pastor over the, over the course of the year. this is what they get, right? So Fif- if they join... Yep, if, 15 if, one-on-one. Yeah. So it's the, the first three months, it's two a month. And then 15 uh, coaching sessions with the pastor and his leadership team. That's the three or four people uh, that would come around the pastor to help make strategic and, and tactical decisions. Uh, there's going to be... 12 cohort sessions. Now, what is a cohort? You're going to have to talk to us about Well, we want to match up parishes of similar size and, and where they are in, on, on the journey. And once a month uh, through through uh, online technology, we're going to gather. So there's the, 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 leadership, the pastor and leadership teams will gather. So they, they're, they're learning from each other as well once a month. And then there's going to be 12 uh, conference calls uh, with me, with the pastors. So those four pastors in the learning cohort would be on the phone with me once a month. I'll, I'll give a brief talk on a particular topic, and then we'll just do a Q, Q&A. Then we're going to do a monthly webinar for all the members of the of the, Everybody in the, network. Of the yeah. network together, myself and Ron. And then finally, um, this is the cherry on top, is uh, a parish is going to get a, a, a key to all of the content uh, that, that we've created uh, for, for our videos to run uh, small group um, courses within your parish. And, would be and some of these are the same courses that you run in, in this parish, yeah, St. Benedict like Parish. Dogmatic Theology, Catholicism 2-1 and such. And, and uh, these are these are programs that are, that are tried and tested, and they produce fruit in parishes, and we're going to give uh, parishes unlimited access. You can run run it 60 times. Instead of buying uh, quite a number of, of DVDs, you get a content key, you can run it as much as you can. You don't have to buy manuals, you're going to d- download them. And so I th- we think uh, together this is this is a really great package. That's excellent. So what? So th- there's going to be people listening that are like, oh, well, first of all, oh my goodness, there's only so much room in this network. And that is sort of the hard reality. I mean, you know, we've got only so many people, only so many resources here. And so there is absolutely a, a limit to the number of parishes that we can come alongside in, in, in a year right now. And so the, the second point, I guess, would be, so how, do, how does a pastor or a priest identify that, yeah, 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 
I want to be in this thing. And how do we how do we know that they're the right people that they should be? Uh, the ones that we we connect with. Mm, yeah, well, it's a number of things. One, you know, hopefully you've had a chance to to read the book, or you've uh, heard Father James speak, and you will read the book, and maybe you can get your team to read it. And if it's something that inspires you, and you think I can relate to this, I love where they're going, I love what they're doing, and I want to partner with them, then you're probably on the right track. You're probably somebody that we'd like to work with. Um, at the same time. Uh, we'd love it if uh, that desire for change, it, it also has to be, do you want to partner in it? Because you can do it yourself. You don't need us to do it. <laughs> We're not saying everybody needs to partner in order to bring about great change. No, you're probably quite capable of doing it on your own. At the same time, if you want to partner with us, we want to partner with you. Um, and the other thing is we need people who will have some longevity where they're at. Um, so do you have the support of your bishop to be yeah. stay there at well, six years at least, yes. because yeah. this takes time. It's taken us a long time, and mm. it's, you know... I mean, we, we said, like, a total you know, transformation is really about a 12-year process, but uh, six years, you're, you you get a lot done. In fact, even in three years, uh, a lot can be accomplished. And so uh, that I think that's one of the things that really is is, is stalling us out in, in the church in, in, in general is the frequency in which pastors are changed up. And if a parish was going to undertake this, uh, really, uh, for the pastor to be to be removed after a year or something or two would bring the whole thing to a halt. So we'd really be looking for a commitment from the bishop for long-term leadership. For me, what's interesting is, uh, you know, I'll be honest, guys, you've made some mistakes in the last five years. And I think it's great for people who join the network to learn from those mistakes. Absolutely. To learn from you, Why right? learn from your own mistakes? Learn from ours. <laughs> exactly. And we've made, we've made all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the kind of, I think this is the kind of thing that actually expedites change, mm. expedites transformation, is if you don't have to go blindly exactly. stumbling through the dark, uh, but rather you have a, a team around you, like a Father James Mallon, like mm. a Ron Huntley, who have, you know, done some blind stumbling for a while and, and can, can share and here, here's, here's our hope too: is is parishes begin to bear fruit that they will in turn begin to to speak into parishes in their regions, and be, and become leavened there as well. And so that that's really a dream of ours: this to to help see these these parishes bear fruit, so that they begin to give life in their local churches. And I said before, like oftentimes in a diocese an approach to renewal. People say, okay, we got a problem. What's the solution? Okay, let's get all the parishes, line everyone up together, and <laughs> on your mark, set, go. We're all going to do this together. Well, guess what? It's never going to work because not every pastor or parish has the same interest or openness or capacity to do this. And I really believe the best investment, if there's any bishops listening, uh, is is identify a few key parishes and invest in them for long-term leadership and, and in turn let those parishes inspire and, and, and bring fruit into the parishes around them. Uh, and, and that's our conviction. The other thing that, that I think makes what we're doing different is that, you know, we're we're kind of doing it. <laughs> it. It's not just theory. Uh, it's it's not we're, we're not speaking from academia. Uh, we're not just theorists. We, I mean, there's a there's a theological component to it. There's we've definitely we've been so blessed with so many partnerships and and we've learned so many things, but. You're getting coaching that's coming from the trenches where we're, we're actually doing it. We're not perfect. We're not completely the area yet, but there, there's fruit, all kinds of fruit, and we're in the trenches, and we know it works. So I hear often people talk about this model or that thing, and my question always is, yeah, but has it worked? Like, mm -hmm. where where is it bearing fruit? And sometimes it draws a, a bit of a long silence. 
Father James, I'll tell you, it's interesting because I'm thinking of one particular pastor. I love him to death. He's become a really good friend, and he was wanting to kind of come come to our church and explore a little bit, and and so he did, and uh, wasn't quite engaging. You know, he was more of a a suspicious kind of observer. And I said, no, no, come and get get engaged in some of the things that we're doing, and you'll see the difference. And he, he kind of resisted me, and so I kind of said, listen, um, either come and, and engage, or maybe this isn't for you. And uh, at first he, was a, he didn't appreciate that approach, but he came back <clears throat> and he engaged more. But in that process, he said to me, Ron, you're not going to know if, you can, if you're doing the right things for 20 years. You're not going to see change. I said, my heavens, I don't know what... You're going to see change in 20 minutes when people let Christ into their lives. Come and engage. And he did, and it changed him. It completely—he left here, went back to his parish, and started implementing those changes immediately. People will see fruit from what we're going to help them with very, very quickly. Yeah. Within months, you will see significant change. It's So this isn't a— 20-year thing, you will see it right away. And within a year partnering with us, if you don't see change, my heavens, run for your life. But I know for a fact you are going to see a huge difference, and we're thrilled. So, look, we, we, we can only take on so many cohorts. We've got limited resources in terms of our ability to support parishes. And, of course, we need some resources in order to support this this ministry in itself. So I think it's only fair that we talk a little bit about what, what we'd be looking for parishes to contribute in yeah. addition to their time and their prayers. What would we be looking for? Well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, after a lot of thought and consulting, we, we settled on a value of $10,000. You see, we're looking to accomplish two things, really, uh, in that figure that we've come to. One, we want to cover the costs that it takes to dedicate resources towards the network. And two, we want to make it affordable for parishes to partner. So in terms of outcomes for parishes, we're looking at accomplishing five things. One, we want to work with the pastor to help to bring clarity on vision and purpose. Two, we also want to work with them to create a leadership team that they can be confident in. We'll also work with their leadership team to create a strategy and a model for evangelization and discipleship also lead to a transformation in culture of their parish. The fifth thing we want to do is we want to facilitate partnerships with other network member parishes who are moving from maintenance to mission. And I think that the, the parishes who, who see clearly uh, what is before us, I, I don't think this is a huge ask. Okay, so there is a lot of, of, of exchange that happens in 66-odd sessions, but also you're, you're becoming part of that community, and I think yes. that, for me, is also important. And we're also creating a community with a cohort of parishes that are like yours. So, I mean, you can call that cohort as much as you want. I mean, yes, those, those become right. your friends. Those are, those that, are exactly what people on the do. same journey as you and as, as your parish is. So I, what we're trying to do is really create a network. This isn't just about, uh, you know— uh, a service delivery model. This is creating a community of parishes that are being called around yeah. the world. Yeah. And so I, th I think that's a, a key element of what we're talking about here. Uh, now, the $10,000 number, that might scare some parishes. Other parishes would be like, okay, yeah, we can manage $10,000. For those that, uh, that are maybe smaller or, or of more modest means, what kind of advice might we want to give to them? Well, it's kind of interesting because oftentimes as we started to talk about this idea, uh, I've had parishioners from other parishes say, oh my gosh, I'd be happy to fund that. 
Like there are people that are dying for churches where they can bring their families and see uh, amazing transformed lives. Uh, to have a faith that's going to matter when kids get into high school and university and, and to create a, a sense of church community that is really relevant to our culture right now. And so people will invest in that. So what some people can do very easily is partner either with people of means in their parish and or local people that own businesses and so on. So there are opportunities to partner because people do want to see change. And I don't think that $10,000 ticket price is actually going to scare anybody off, equivalent to a quarter-time position in a church. That's right. And and really, that's nothing if we're talking about helping parishes get results. Uh, There are also uh, several foundations out there um, uh, who sometimes are very willing to... uh, invest in initiatives like this and, and even fund, but partially mm. fund or even pay for the first year. And uh, if anyone's interested in that, they can, they can contact us. We've actually been yeah. in touch with a few who have expressed an interest in doing this. So, Excellent. So guys, uh, for those who are listening, pastors, priests out there who, who are, are, are feeling the call, who are getting excited, they're thinking, oh my goodness, there's only 16. I want to be one of 16. Mm, How do I become true. one of 16? Uh, the first step is to go to the divinerenovation.net website. Is that right? That's correct. And, and to apply. When we're using the word apply, uh, because we we want to have a conversation. We want to see is, is this right? You know, because uh, yeah, we 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 want want to partner with the right parishes and and really invest. Yeah, it has heavily. to be a great fit, doesn't yeah. it? It has to be a great fit because ultimately we are going to pour ourselves into these sixteen parishes, and we want to pour ourselves into the places we're going to get the best results, so that the churches we invest in can be a blessing to others. And so it's not first come first serve. It is a process of making sure it's a good fit. Thank you so much uh, for, for uh, talking with uh, with me this morning, guys, and for sharing what I think is um, uh, an exciting opportunity for parishes around the world to uh, to become part of something I think that is special and to and to perhaps go for the, through their own divine renovations. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. And thank you, Ron. Have a good okay. day. God bless everyone. Bye.